Welcome to Do The Damn Show. I'm your host, the tatted, the fatted, the one and only Casey Hughes. And if you're a return listener, you're probably going, why is he talking over the intro? If you're new to the show, you have no idea what the hell's going on. You're just along for the ride. To answer that question, this is because this is a best of episode. You see, through the month of November and through the month of December, leading up to the relaunch of Do The Damn Show in January 2024, I'm going to be playing some of my favorite clips. Some of that hard-hitting, heavy content that changed my character, changed my life, because we have new followers of the show that may not have made it all the way back to the first few episodes, and there's some good things in there. There's some foundational things in there that make the show what it is today. So I want to take a step back into the one about colors. This was episode five. Uh, My little brother, Lance Hughes, was a co-host on the show for a while. Oh, I'm sorry, at the Lance Hughes, was a co-host on the show for a while. And we had some hard-hitting topics, man. We had some really good stuff. I've developed something in my life over time, and it's adapt, understand, apply, overcome, and conquer. And I have to do things in that order. So with us walking into this new season that is about to come on us, In 2024, I want to get some of these topics and some of this content back out there that can begin to help you mentally prepare for this new season that's about to come. So I really hope that you enjoy revisiting or listening for the first time, episode five, The One About Colors. So we are back with episode five. Cinco, as you said at the end of episode four. (laughs) That is Spanish for five. That is (laughs) Spanish. Thank also, also, thank you for clarifying. Did you know taco is Spanish for taco? <laughs> taco is Spanish for taco. If you're catching that off, if, uh, if that doesn't make sense to you, it's because you didn't listen to episode four. It's because you didn't listen to episode four. And Come you need on, to people. go back. If nothing else, you need to go back and listen to <laughs> what the direct uh, definition of taco is from Spanish to English. It will change your life. Yeah, that translation. Translation, yeah. Go back and listen to the translation. <laughs> And so we're back here with episode five, and today we're going to talk about colors. And, and I'm here along for the ride. And you're here along for the ride, and we're going to correlate that with influence yeah. and interpretation. I like it. So. Stay with us here. Hank Williams Jr. <laughs> Stay with us here. Stay with us. Hank Williams Jr. wrote Family Tradition, right? Mm, you know that song? song. Yes. It is a great song, right? And in the opening verses, he says, all my country music family... Basically, they want to know what's wrong with me. Yeah. Why are you drinking? Yep. Why are you smoking? Why are you partying? Why are you doing all these things? Yeah. There's a lot of people out there right now listening, probably finishing in these lyrics. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of people that are going to go <laughs> listen to it. When I get up, no, man, I want to listen to some Hank. You know, on the surface, those people that were around him, they're like, hey, dude, your dad, why, why, are you, why are you doing that? You know, your dad had some morals. Your dad had some values. Why are you doing that for? And Hank, he clearly told you, he's like, I'm doing a family tradition. That's what I'm doing. Because Hank Sr. was a renowned alcoholic. You know, he had a lot of tri- he had a lot of trials and a lot of struggles in life. Yeah. Hank, why do you And drink? he was very, very young. Hank Williams Sr. was very, very young. He was in his mid twenties when he died. So even though he looks like he's sixty years old in the photos, I don't know what's up with those people back then do when they were super young. They looked old. But what Hank Jr. was trying to, uh, what I feel like he was trying to exemplify was that, you know, I'm just living out what my dad did. 
you know, his his music was a little bit different, sounded a little bit different. He acknowledged that. But not a lot of people know about Hank Sr. And this is one particular story that helps kind of shine light to that. So we're going to take that it's a family tradition for the Williamses to play music, right? I don't know if you've oh, ever yeah. heard Hank the Third, but he mm-hmm. sounds more like Hank Sr. than Hank Jr. ever did. And when he was on the Grand Ole Opry, uh, Minnie Pearl said it was like looking at a ghost. Because <laughs> <laughs> he looks that much like his grandfather. Hank Sr. wrote... I saw the light, mm-hmm. which is used in a lot of different Christian aspects. You know, I saw the light. I wandered this world aimlessly, life filled with sin. I wouldn't let my dear Savior in. And he goes on yeah. through talking about I saw the light. That song originated from a beacon at an airport outside of Montgomery, Alabama, which is where Hank Williams was from. His boyhood home was in Georgiana, but he called Montgomery home right outside of there. Yeah. And he would be home, or he would be on his way home from tour, and he'd be drunk in the back seat, passed out. His mom would wake him up when they got close to the beacon, and they, he, she would say, Hank, we're almost home. So he correlated seeing the light with almost being home. And later on, he, he turned that into almost a hymn, really, yeah. you know, that people saw, I saw the light. You yeah. know? But it started out with Hank Sr. being drunk in the back seat of his car <laughs> on the way home from tour, and knowing that they were close to home by seeing that light in that beacon. Ain't that kind of crazy? It kind of reminds me of the, you know, the old fishing stories. You know, fish was this big, and then ultimately it, it <laughs> yeah. grows larger yeah. and larger every time somebody yeah. else says it. Yeah, great-grandpa caught it. You know, it was 12 <laughs> inches long. Grandpa caught it, yeah. and it's, you know, 24 inches long. Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, he started out, this is what that song really means. Right. And, and now it's, you know. Yeah. And now, like, literally, I don't know how many times I've heard that saying in church. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? But it was written by an alcoholic. As a matter of fact, it was not just written by an alcoholic. It was written by a drunk man. <laughs> let's, not, let's, not, let's not get away from that point. You know, he was drunk when he wrote it. So, But it does have some good values in it. But I say that to say this. That's, this is the transition into that. Well, the reason I use that reference is because of tradition. You know, how many, how many different traditions do we walk around with daily that we don't fully understand the the foundation of it it's just something that maybe we've done all of our life yeah I, the first thing that came to my mind is just like i don't know it's just you know so my dad did it yeah exactly so i was in uh, kentucky this last week and i was in a meeting and, and it was around lunchtime and we weren't breaking for lunch but i needed to get a snack so i walked over to the uh, break room went to the vending machine and i got a, a mountain dew out of the coke machine or out of the pepsi or yeah pepsi machine and then i wanted some peanuts because i was raised in alabama and I put peanuts, peanuts in my Coke. Coke, which is disgusting. You know, but I wasn't using Coke. I was using Mountain Dew. So I'm walking through and the sales manager stops me and he's wanting to talk to me. And he looks and he goes, what the hell's in your drink? I was like, it's peanuts. <laughs> peanuts. And I was like, yeah, it's an Alabama thing, dude. Don't worry about it. You don't understand. Yeah, I, I can't remember who I was talking to. Oh, it's been a while back. And I was like, yeah, you never seen people put peanuts in their Coke? Yeah. But <laughs> that's a tradition. That came through with my family. Another thing is a bean salad. It's a tradition that came down from my mom. I don't know if it was from my mom or from my dad. <laughs> but basically, you take Van Camp pork and beans. It has to be Van Camp. Not endorsed, but it should be. You take Van Camp pork and beans. You put mayonnaise in it. Uh-oh. You chop up a bell pepper. And then you put a little bit of mustard in it. And you stir it up and you eat it. And that was all my life. It's been bean salad. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> my dad. Shout out to dad again. Because my dad has some of the greatest concoctions of all time. Hey, dude, his, his Kool-Aid's like rocket fuel. I was, I was going to bring up the Kool-Aid, too. But <laughs> pea burgers. 
Dude, pea burgers. If you've never had my dad's pea burgers, they are delicious. They, it's like mashed up black eyed peas, and he puts them on a skillet and just fries them, and they're delicious. I was going to say, if you don't know what a pea burger is, if you've ever had a salmon patty, it's like that, but without the fish, and you, exactly. you replace the meat with black eyed peas. Yes, and they are very good. They are. They are. That would say, uh, if to I'm this not, day, dad makes them. If I'm not mistaken, that was a depression food when there was meat and thing shortages, and they used that <laughs> for filler. But, dude, it's it's yeah, delicious. Dad would, dad would just always say, son, we just had to, you know, find a way. Find a way. <laughs> yeah. Black eyed peas, cornmeal, you know, and some flour, and boom. The creativity back then. Oh, dude. Yeah, you, you got to find a way. I know. You got to have it. So it's an influence and an interpretation of how our family viewed things and how they should go. I think that's perfectly normal human nature oh yeah that's what we do where it gets a little tricky and gets a little dicey is we don't investigate those to see if they're good principles that's you know? true we just always reference them as goods because it's all we know right pea burgers are not inherently more healthy for you than hamburgers or healthy in general, <laughs> in general right they're still fried even though know? black eyed peas are very healthy i do not right. think in the form that my dad cooks right. no not in the form of a pea burger no that is and not. not to mention the mountain of salt he puts on them hey that's another thing salt just runs in the family so understanding what is tradition and fact is yes. something that is very hard to often dive into that's true you know i mean it's and if we take i don't think we spend enough time trying to figure that out trying to figure out what the fact of it is so to help illustrate that today, that's where colors comes in, okay? The color blue, right? We all know what blue is. It's a it's a it's a very sad color. It's a lovely hue. I love blue. <laughs> but it's resonated Blue's, with sadness. It is resonated with sadness, okay? So I'm going to 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 kick this off, I'm going to give you an example real quick. There are generations of people that have died and experienced life and never knew the color blue. Specifically in the Hispanic community or Spanish community, it would have been Azul. So yep. if we've got contractors and we've got guys that, you know, they're looking at it and go, we got to paint this building blue. And you look at somebody that does not speak the English language. They're not going to have an idea of what you're saying. I have no idea what you're saying. It's true. Which, which of a lot of them, I think, you know, German is like an inherently violent language. <laughs> and Russian. And Russian. <laughs> Like ambulance in German, Krankenwagen. Like it's, you know, it's just, it's just. It all sounds very, aggressive. It all sounds aggressive. Aggressive. So blue is blau. B l a u, blau. I just, I just think that's how Germans would say it. So in Spanish, it's azul. You know, so it's azul. So if you look at somebody who does not speak English and they go paint this building blue, one, they're not going to understand. They're not going to understand the direction because they don't speak English. Right. And the damn sure ain't going to understand the color because they don't know what blue is. Even though they have seen blue, but they right. don't know what blue is. And it would be the same for us. This is Azul. Yeah. Okay, sure. Whatever. Okay. Right on, dude. You know, red, rojo. You got rojo, amarillo, oranjo, you know, verde, azul. We get it. You can speak you a little it. Spanish. No, I, yeah, that too. That's all I know too is just travel Spanish. But we have to think about, you know, the context of that. Just because there's an entire generation of people who never knew the word blue Right. Doesn't mean that they didn't know what that color was. Mm -hmm. You follow me? Yeah. When it comes to interpretation and it comes into tradition, what what are the blue colors that we have in our life that aren't actually blue? And I ask that for one very specific reason. Did you know that blue is not a natural color? You're asking a guy that majored in color. It's not a natural color. Like you don't find the color blue in nature naturally. It is always the mixture of two or more pigments that reflect the color blue. What we know is blue. Like a blue jay, 
And I know this is, I know some of you guys are going to be like, this dude, this quack job is crazy. No, <laughs> go Google it. If you don't, if you don't believe me, Google it. Blue Jays aren't actually blue. We see them as blue. It has to do with light refraction and, and what our body does to register what that color is. Their, their feathers are actually layered with many different colors that when they lay on top of each other and the light hits that, it reflects to us as a color of blue. Uh-huh. But to find blue in the wild, there are really no native animals, plants, anything that is genuinely blue in nature. I didn't know that. It's always a mixture of two or more pigments that reflect back as blue. Which that kind of brings me to like when you mentioned the blue jay, I, I didn't know that. But it also makes me think like, you know, when you hold a bird or anything like that, you really get to see the the true definition and what makes up that bird yeah. and how beautiful the feathers actually are. Yep. And I'm not just talking about a blue jay. I've never physically held a blue jay, but I'm talking about any other any you know, other, other birds. Yeah. Like it could be a robin. Like when you hold that, you can see the shimmer in their in yep. their certain feathers. I think that was the coolest thing I used to duck hunt and, uh, you know, seeing those ducks up close and personal. Yes. You know, and, you know, Typically in the in the fowl, I remember the males, duck hunt, Casey. <laughs> the 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 fowl the the uh, males are brightly more brightly colored than females, and that is to direct attention to them, as opposed to the females, because the females, like in the sense of a mallard duck, or ducks in general, the females are the ones that tend to the babies. Right. So if the male is more bright, it's highly more highly sought out. Nature is a crazy yeah. thing. Is yeah, what it's I'm amazing. getting at. It is. It really is amazing. And the fact that a duck actually sheds water off of its back, and yeah. and many other birds. I mean, it just right. water just rolls right off mm-hmm. of it. Animals okay. showcase an illusion by laying feathers or scales or, you know, skin, with different pigments, that relate as blue. And it's and it how that is trans how that is illustrated is flamingos. What color are flamingos? Pink. Pink. The reason flamingos are pink is because of what they put into their body. Their food being the shrimp. Yes. I actually did know that. That that's actually what begins to dye that. So that's another way for birds or other animals to take on that color, you know, that that color characteristic that right. differentiates from what they actually are. So the scripture that I have to kind of bring all this together is Philippians four thirteen. I'm sure you can tell me what it says right now. I'm sure there's a lot of people that can tell you what Philippians four thirteen says. All things are possible through Jesus Christ. What a lot of people don't do is dive back into 412, Mm -hmm. which is the context of it, where Paul was talking about, I know how to be brought low. I know how to have plenty. I know how to do without. Wherever I'm at, whatever state that I may be in with God, I am at one because all things are possible through Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it's so easy to look at people or look at somebody, and we get caught up in our day. I don't even think it's all the time. It's malicious, dude. I think it's just... You know, we get caught up in our day and look at people and offer encouragement and go, hey, man, Philippians 4.13, dude, all things are, <laughs> all things are possible through Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, but we, we, if we find ourselves in a position to where. Yeah, but what does that really mean? What is, yes, exactly. What does that really mean? You go back to the color aspect of it. What is blue? Well, the sky's blue. Mm, the sky's not really blue. It's not really blue because blue doesn't exist. Right. It's a it's a mixture of pigments. So when you look at scripturally and you and we offer that to people, you know, what are we really telling them? What is the what is the context of what we're trying to deliver to yeah. these? You know, I believe that anytime somebody enters into not anybody, 
I believe that a lot of people who enter into a genuine relationship with God, I think there's a lot of us that have found that opportunity at the end of the rope. There's no rope left. Yeah. So if we're trying to ingest things that we don't understand, yeah, it becomes inherently difficult. Yeah, because I always like to say, like, I didn't, I didn't find God. God found me, and when He found me, I was broken and on my knees. Right. And it's you know, if somebody had came to you in those moments, help me too. You know, hey, all things, all things possible through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. Philippians four thirteen, man, great, awesome. I would have been like, hey, thumbs up, thanks, buddy. Yeah, thank, and then I would have walked away going, that didn't help me at all. <laughs> didn't help me at all <laughs> because here I am going, God help me, God help me, God yeah. help me, and God ain't answering me, and I got some jack wagon coming over here going, hey, all things is possible through Christ, man. <laughs> You know, which there is some truth to it. You know, I'm not. Yeah, there is. They I'm mean, not saying those, those people mean well. They do. I'm just saying that if you're going to deliver yeah. that with somebody, you damn sure better understand 12, the yeah. verse that comes right before it, <laughs> because the person that you're offering that to is in verse 12 and exactly. they've not yet made it to verse 13. And I actually wrote this down. So if you want to, if you want to continue, no, before, go ahead. What'd you write? So I, I just put basically that describes how Christians Christians can overcome worry and worldly desires regardless of their circumstances. Yes, yes. <laughs> we have to have those issues. You know what yes. I mean? Like we, it's unfortunate that we have to learn how to be brought low. It's unfortunate yep. that we have to learn to live without. It's unfortunate that there are times in our life where we have to walk around hungry or thirsty. Right, but, but we have to trust God to provide our true needs. Our true needs. Keyword being true. true needs. Exactly. So let's say let's just take a a pothead stroke real quick and go. Hey man, I'm thirsty. I've been thirsty all day, all day. True need is water. Water. That's a true need. Water. I highly suggest being so thirsty to the point that water tastes like the most crisp, cool fruit punch Gatorade on the face of the planet. You know, because you, that's you when you truly that water, appreciate you it. You drink Bart Hughes's Kool Aid. Oh Lord, have, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, if you have ever just been out slaving in the sun, you know, like you just yeah. yard work all day, and I'm thirsty, and you just push yourself off, and you get that sip of water, it is just like Bart Hughes's. Rocket fuel Kool-Aid. Look, I'm telling you, my dad's Kool-Aid was the hit. Like, when I was in high school, all my friends, we all hung out in my house. It was a place to be. I had the pool room with the pool table and everything. Yep. But it was never a time where somebody didn't come over and like, hey, did your dad make Kool-Aid just because there's Kool-Aid in the fridge? I'm going to tell you, it's the only time in my life I've ever been drunk off a non-alcoholic <laughs> drink. The definition <laughs> of sugar high. It is the definition of sugar high. I don't know how many <laughs> cups of sugar go in that thing. Uh, I, I wish I had the Bluetooth adapter. I'd call him out. Buzz him in right now. Buzz him in right now and go, how many cups of sugar go in that thing? But we may just you know, have him as, as a special guest just to, you know, hey, yeah. how to make it, Bart Hughes Kool-Aid. And it's, it's just like the the natural phenomenon of blue not being a color. His Kool-Aid is not natural. <laughs> it is not. It is almost like a dark green. Yeah, because, because he, there's so there's many so different many colors. Different packets of Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. So it's not it's just not, all yeah. the sugar. Yeah. It's like four different kinds of, of Kool-Aid packets Look, that I go into this concoction. I can't tell you how many times I come home from school and dad, like, hey, try this. Yeah. And I'm like, dad, it's brown. Because yeah. <laughs> no, you know what happens when you mix just all the colors together. It just naturally it becomes you know brown turns into brown yeah it just looks like dirt (laughs) or mud and and that's what this kool-aid looked like from time to time but i'm gonna tell you that was some good kool-aid man. so good some real good can't replicate it you can't so get to the point to where you're thirsty enough 
that water tastes like that or it tastes like the greatest thing ever because that is your fundamental foundational need yes and i and dude i'm really not trying to go off on a pothead tangent on this episode but the more we begin to understand that the more life begins to open up a little bit that everything around us let me let me, let me say it this way anything god made requires no maintenance trees die in the winter grow back on their own mm-hmm. grass dies in the winter grows back on its own it's true the maintenance that comes from trees and grass is a man-made ideal mm-hmm. to where basically if you don't cut your yard it gives the appearance that you're cooking meth in the back <laughs> you know if, if you're if your grass is overgrowing your curb Karen at the HOA <laughs> yeah. first tells her husband, hey, go down there and have them cut their grass back. Yeah. Two, you get a fine because mm-hmm. your grass has overgrown the curve. Yeah, that's why I don't live anywhere with an HOA. <laughs> Not because so, I don't cut my grass. I, I have you know somebody for that due to allergy reasons, but allergy reasons. I could not live somewhere with an HOA because of the Karens. No. no. So I, that was really put in perspective for me. So if anybody actually really knows me, um, myself – um, Hayden and my oldest daughter, Davin, we enjoy exploring abandoned places. You know, I just think yeah, it's, it's fascinating, yeah, it's awesome. especially when it's untouched. Right. So I had an opportunity uh, to explore an abandoned Six Flags in New Orleans yep. last year. I still have all those pictures on my phone. Yep. And it was super cool to me to watch how nature took over. And that's what the picture, while I was walking around this place, was being painted to me at that time. Like when man is extracted from a process, dude, nature just nature's. I mean, it just takes over. You know, we yeah. there's no there's nobody there to trim the weeds. There's nobody to trim back the grass. Right. You know, and there were spots where grass was growing and weeds were growing through spaces that would blow your mind. You know, like nestled up on a little steel roller coaster rail. There were things growing on top yeah. of it because things had packed into the, yeah. the top of it to where grass was growing out of it. So anything, you know, the maintenance that we look at is really all man-made maintenance. And I think we do a terrible job of diving into Christianity, what I'll say is Christianity, of implementing some of that man-made maintenance into that walk. Whereas if we just begin to have our our um, genuine relationship with god he can actually come in and make a turn and make a change in our person without all the brouhaha right now i do think there are a lot of good principles you know i'm not saying go out and just rogue it you know what i'm saying this is not david koresh and waco (laughs) you know if you find if you find yourself following someone who says i'm marrying all the women in here And I'm the only one that can have sex with them. You might want to rethink who you're following or that dude from Heaven's Gate back in the 90s that, you know, was convinced that Haley's Comet was their way home. You know, so we're all going to put on our Nikes and black robes and we're going to send exit videos to our family and drink the Kool-Aid. Dude, if you're if you find (laughs) if you find yourself in something like that, take a step back and analyze what's going on. But. I think that a lot of that stems from that because we're naturally ingrained to follow. Yeah, and just we all want to believe in something. We all want to believe in something. There is that compass. I call it my Jack Sparrow compass. Um, We all have a direction, you know, and we all want to find something to to follow to. You know, we gravitate towards things. That's why some of us have super healthy habits. Some of us have awful energy drink habits. 
you know, we want to be a But a habit is a habit. A habit is a habit. And we have to begin to restructure those. And one thing is true amongst humans since the dawn of time is community. Everybody strives for community. Right. Everybody has that compass inside that points them to go, that's where you get tribes from, that's where you get clans from, that's where you get families from, and providences and cities and towns. And so what we've done over time is we have begun to implement some principles that are actually good, solid, foundational things for life. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that we have watched that through the religion of Christianity. And I say religion of Christianity because I think Christianity has gotten a bad rap over the years because of a lot of that. Um, You know, when it's a lot simpler just to follow the principles of Christ. You know, I think there's a certain due diligence that we have to do to when we read these principles of God's word in the Bible. What we hold is the Bible. Understanding the context of it. Yes, that's extremely important. Acknowledging the fact that it has changed hands thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of times since since its inception. It's been translated to many different languages, and we have many different variations of the same sentence. So you get the sentence about the faith of a mustard seed. Yep. Right? And King James and all of them. It's, you know, the faith of a mustard seed. The size, Well, the mustard seed is very small. It's very, very, very small. It's tiny. Teeny tiny. Teeny tiny. But if you go to the message translation, that same message is translated to faith the size of a pine cone. Hmm. There is a vast difference, vast difference. <laughs> between a pine cone <laughs> and a mustard seed. Was that a pine cone? Yeah, a pine cone. <laughs> there is a vast difference between those two. But the difference with the pine cone is the pine cone can spread a lot further than the mustard seed because when it comes apart, yeah, it produces the seeds. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yep. So where there's a lot of mustard seeds, there's also a lot of pine cone stuff. But if you take that for face value, you get two people that know absolutely nothing about the Bible. Correct. And they go, this one says I need to have the faith of a mustard seed, but this one says I need to have the mate." you know, have the faith of a pine cone. Yeah. Which one's right? Exactly. And to somebody like, I'll even say it, somebody like like me that used to not dive into the more, you know, into the context of a verse. You know, you, you read a verse and you're like, oh, that speaks to my life. Well, that's not even what yeah. the verse really means. Right, exactly. And, you know, I've, I've, I keep bringing my, my pastor up, and that's just because he's just a great teacher. And I didn't really realize that until he was, you know, he was preaching on that. And I'm like, man, you're, you're totally right. Like, I'm, I've, I know I've just dug scriptures up, closed my eyes, pointed to one, and just read. I was like, man, that, that applies to my life. Right. When it, in hindsight, if I'd have read, you know, that book or, or whatever, it wouldn't have, you know, meant exactly what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know that's where that going back to full circle. I told you, man, this all this stuff comes back full circle. I promise, even though it's a pothead moment. But going back to the tradition aspect, yeah, you know, we and not just our family. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about humanity as as a, as a whole. We have done that, right. and we have trained people that if you put it on enough T-shirts, you can sell it. That's true. You know, like if you'll put that on there, you can sell it, and it'll help somebody. The flip side, does it help people? Yes, it does. It helps people. You know, that person may need to hear Philippians four thirteen. Right. They may need to hear that. Yeah. They also need to hear the before. And you can't spend four hours talking to somebody. You know, you have to do it through little snippets over time. And how that's achieved is 
relationship. Yeah. It's, it's achieved through relationship. And I think there's so many people who look at church, one is a community, great, it's a great right. community. It's a good, solid community of people. But they look at it as the source. You know, in the last episode, we talked about Rain-X. You have to reapply yeah. mm-hmm. the Rain-X. Well, I don't think there's a whole lot of us that go to the church and use it for its original intended purpose from Scripture. That's you true. Know, the gathering of people. Tradition. You know, it's tradition. We get up. We get dressed on Sundays. We go, go to church. Time. Easter, we look a little nicer than we did. We <laughs> yeah. go on Christmas Eve. We think we celebrate yep. Jesus, we leave, we go do our thing, and it's all habits, yep. which, you know, I'm quitting smoking. You know what I mean? I am, but I have a vape. That's, you know. Ten my, times worse for you. Ten times worse for me, but, you know, it's less than what I do. But it costs me less. I'm extremely proud of you. But it's still a bad habit. Yeah. Even though this is somewhat of a better habit than yeah. the previous habit, because I don't do this one as much. Is I did the previous habit. So by quitting the previous habit, i.e. smoking, I'm saving, you know, $8 a day times two, <laughs> 16 bucks a day by not buying cigarette packs. I buy one thing of that, it's 20 bucks, and I don't do it as much. Doesn't mean that it's a good habit. Right. It means it's a better habit <laughs> in, in some facet. In the sense of financial. In the sense of financial, it's a better habit. You know, it doesn't make my house stink, you know. That's true. But it doesn't mean it's a good habit. Right. That's the whole. That's the meat behind that is, just because it's a habit, and it's not. I go to church on Sunday mornings instead of going to the bar Saturday night. Right. What does, do you do Saturday night though? Right. It, well, it doesn't matter. That's what I'm saying. You, you know, know what I'm saying? Yeah. It doesn't matter. It just just because I traded one habit for another right. doesn't mean that I'm being impactful to myself. You know, and it doesn't mean that everything that's being funneled to me is for me. I'm not saying it's bad. Exactly. I'm just saying. We have to begin to dive into that personal relationship. Yes. You know, it's not enough just to go to the store and buy the rain X, i.e. going to church. Yes. We have to get out of the car and put the rain X on or just buy the stuff that goes in your windshield wiper fluid reservoir. It's what I do. I don't actually, I don't know anybody that applies rain X anymore. Like wax on, wax off, Mr. Miyagi. Do you really? Yeah, I do. <laughs> See? Well, not but, necessarily rain X. It's a, it's a ceramic coat so, that goes on. But if but you yeah. just bought that and didn't do anything with it, it's not going to work. No, it only lasts right. for a few months, and then well, you have to reapply it. You have to reapply it. But if you only did it once, and that was it, and you didn't use it for its intended purpose, it's not going to do what it was meant to do. Right. So, you know, I've been guilty of it. Go to church. I'm here because it's what I'm supposed to do today. Oh, yeah. You know, and I've been guilty of it going, God, I'm doing it every dadgum week. Yeah, and just so you can say when people ask you where you go to church, you can at least tell them a church. Yeah. I can, hey, I got a water bottle right here with a label on it here. That's where <laughs> yeah. I go. Yeah. That's from the previous episode, too. Yeah. But, you know, we have to begin to dive into that relationship. Yeah, we have and to create that relationship with God. We have to continually walk in that. And that requires more than just that requires more than just one time, right? And we have to do it over and over and over yeah. again. It's you know because anything you know I read one one time that it uh, it takes uh, twenty one days to create a new habit. It's true, you know, and that's that's part of what I'm on now. I'm on the, this discipline kick and everything else. But you know, any in order to do that healthily, we have to understand what we're doing. Anything that we want to be great at, right? We have to practice. Yeah, you have to form a habit. We have to form a habit. And it has to be a very, um, very big staple of time in our life. You know, we, we have to do that. 
we we made it in a comment in the last episode we make it in this episode you know this podcast is something that is important to us so we carve out time right. to make sure that's done that and we we go into it with an understanding of the message that we want to deliver and we want it to be as factual as we can i will say this i've had people tell me things that i found offensive and i was offended by it i'm not going to tell you that i don't understand that maybe they're in a different season they're right. even further along than I am, and one day I'll be there too. Yes. So I try not to hold that against people. Really, I try not to even bring that to light. But there are a lot of things that are told to me or things that I've been through where I go, mm, no, Jack, that ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't it. And I ain't putting them Nikes on and drinking that Kool-Aid, Chief. Right. I ain't going to do it. I'm just not because God has manifested into my life and showed ways to make things you know, happen, made things right. a little easier. So – I think it's important that we dive into why. Why are we doing this? Which is what we covered, you know, specifically for this podcast in the last episode. Right. This is why we're doing it. Yes. But I think as we grow through in life and we grow and the more, and this is for everybody that's listening, it's not just for me and Lance. It's anytime that we're trying to encourage someone, we have to dive into why are we trying to encourage them to do this? You know, is yeah. it for their best interest? Is it for my best interest? <laughs> You know what? Which, which, I which I don't think we should be doing if it's in our best interest. We always should want to be doing it for their best interest. Yeah, but let's be honest. There are times where we have to weigh that and go, you know, because I'll do things sometimes for my best interest, not me. I'm not going to say innocently, but I think it's good for everybody. Yeah, we believe it's you good know, for I everybody. I believe it's good for everybody, but when I come back and I dissect and I go, oh, dude, that was yeah. really for you. Yeah, that's a little you know? selfish. You know, that was, that was really, really yeah. for you. Like buying we're a golf human. cart, you know? Yeah, we're Bought human. it for the family. Yeah. But I'm the one putting money into it. I'm the one making it things that it doesn't yeah, have to Yeah, we always be. try to justify those kind of purchases. Right, you know? exactly. You have to justify it somehow. Well, you have to, you know? You got to well, have yeah, those before things I go, in life. Before I go with Jess with a big purchase like that, I'm like, all right, let me... Let let me get my ducks in a row here. How can I justify? justify (laughs) Let me put my business plan together. (laughs) So we have to, you know, begin to 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 dissect that, see where we're at. Yes. And I personally have to wash a lot of tradition out. You know. Oh yeah. I have to wash a lot of it out, dude. Um, Not that it's all bad. You know. Oh yeah. No. Here's the thing, dude. Not everybody likes damn pea burgers. No, they do not. (laughs) No, not. I would be willing to say eighty. And I think that's generous. 80% of the people listening don't even know I what that is. I think if we sat a pea burger and bean salad dinner down in front oh, of 90% of the general public, they they're going to turn their nose up at it. Oh, yeah. But to me and you, at least one or the other is a oh, delicacy. Oh, yeah. You know? And I we eat 10 of those things. So I have to look at, you know, what what am I what in my life, where am I trying to serve people pea burgers? <laughs> and they really ain't got no business eating a pea burger. That's true. You know, or where am I trying to dish out bean salad and push that on somebody? Right. You know, and then there's other things like Rotel Dip. Dude, I'm Mm going to tell you something. I'll make a jam up Rotel Dip. It's Velveeta. It's Rotel. Hey, this is free for you. Everybody's listening. It's free for you, too. It's Velveeta. Three cans of Rotel Dip. One pound of hamburger meat. One uh, package of sausage. Okay. Two, count it, two cream cheese blocks. Whole blocks. Three boudin links. And a half a cup of milk. Best Rotel dip you'll ever eat in your life. I mean, it sounds good. Guaranteed. Oh, and a pack of uh, taco seasoning pack in with the sausage. Best ever. But it all stemmed from eating Rotel dip at parties. <laughs> when I grew up, if you had a church function, 
My oh, God, yeah. that was Rotel dip. Or any kind of function, Super Bowl, anything. I'll anything. bring the I'll bring the cheese dip. Yeah. But a lot of people, you ever eat somebody's Rotel dip? You ever had bad Rotel dip? I've had no effort Rotel dip. <laughs> yeah. The kind with the crusty edges around the crock oh, pot. It's like yeah. it's burnt three quarters of the way in. Yeah. Or it's just like, you know, it just, eh. It's, it's good. It's edible. But it's not like, oh, man, it's not jam up. You can, you can rest assured if your family, listen, everybody, I'm telling you, if your family or your friends are telling you to bring ice to the party, <laughs> you're the person who can't even cook Rotel dip. Just, yeah. Bring, just note that. Just bring some drinks. Yeah, just bring some drink. Bring the drinks you like is a nice way of saying, don't bring a damn thing. We ain't eating it. Or bring a yeah. dessert. Yeah, or bring a dessert. <laughs> just bring a dessert. Yeah, because we know you can't cook it and you're going to go yeah. pick it up yeah. somewhere. But the, the point behind the Rotel dip is, you know, Rotel dip is Rotel dip. You know, it's, but I've had some where it's just thick, it's chunky, it's dried up, it's really cooked it yeah. too long, whatever. But there is a way to make better, but that's still on preference. I personally think that my Rotel dip is the best yeah, in the world. I may think it's terrible. I've had some other people say it's the greatest they've ever had too, but you know, I'm not gonna. I don't have a trophy for it. But Maybe it's, you should you enter know, a contest. I and mean, really, hey, we really start one the Rotel dip contest. But we have to weed through that, dude. You know, and so I say that to say this. I, I just, I'm not gonna be able to pronounce this word. I'm just telling you now. I'm not. I, I, let's just go ahead and get that now. The polia, polia, p o l l i a, polia. Polia condensata, condensata, C O N D E C O N D E N S A T A. Okay, I don't know how to say that. We're gonna call it the super blueberry. Okay, blue is the most rarest color found in the natural world. Okay, we established that earlier. It's yes, not, not a real color. Pigments, it's a mixture right. of pigments. On the flip side of that, this is the craziest thing to me. The most vibrant color in nature comes from what is known as the super blueberry, hmm. which is the P-O-L-L-I-A and then C-O-N-D-E-N-S-A-T-A. And it's very vivid. Vivid. It's almost a metallic marble. Hmm. But again, it's the same principle as all the other color blues. It's so many different variations of pigments coming together that create this. So not only do you have the most rarest of all colors right. on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have the most rarest on the other end of the spectrum that all evolve around something that doesn't exist. Is that not crazy? Yeah. That's like wild. blue doesn't exist. Oh, by the way, the most vivid plant in the world is blue. <laughs> it's blue. You know, that's a... Or what I, seems to be blue. So I think, I say that to say this, if we really think about it, that's how people view God, the message of Jesus Christ, or any other religion on the face of the planet. There has to be something, and this is everything. Now, you can't see me, but I'm making hand motions. We've got left and right. You know, on the, on the end of the spectrum, we have to have something. On the other end of the spectrum is this is everything. Right. But it doesn't exist. You know, God being the color blue, quote unquote, it doesn't exist. It's not something you can reach out and touch. I say doesn't exist, meaning tangible. Yeah, you know, no, I existence. get what you're saying. It just, you, you can't reach out and touch it. You know it's there. Yeah. We all know what blue is. Right. We all know what that color is. How many different variations of blue are there? So you can just yeah. say blue, but then you got light blue. Oh, and yeah. everybody you got so comes many up, different you got, shades you and tints of blue. Though. L.A. Dodger blue. Yeah. You got royal blue. You got this blue. You got that blue. So we look at it, and we go, okay, God changed my life how did he change your life 
Well, I can give you 900 different variations of the color of God that changed my life. <laughs> and I have to sit here and, and explain to people that even though he does exist, he doesn't exist. It's just a correlation and a culmination of all these different stories that other people have been through to find this God character through the love of Jesus Christ to become something that is rare in the world and very vibrant and bright. Right. That is an insanely difficult concept to begin to explain to people. Right, which is ultimately faith. Which is ultimately faith. You hit it dead on the head. We have faith, and you said, and you said it in the last episode too, because the preventative maintenance on a car by being in oil. We right. put faith in our car every day that's going to crank. Yeah, we have to have that faith. We put faith in people, and we put faith in man that present us with things and go, this is the color blue. We have no tangible way to justify that what they are giving us is the color blue because it's something that doesn't exist. It does not exist in the natural world. It's always different pigments. So to look at God and mm-hmm. go, I believe in something that doesn't exist, it's the same concept. And, you know, and I, I, th- I don't think. And again, we just mean like physically touch. Right, tangible. I don't think we spend enough time, brother, being that honest with people to go, I cannot explain it. Right. And there's, oh, my God, there's so many things like you just, you cannot explain to people. And honestly, if you tried to, it'd probably scare them away. Very much so. I think that's why so many people have an issue with it. We'll we'll say Christianity just to shortchange it. Because there's too many people out Mm -hmm. there not accepting the fact that blue is not a natural color. Right. And then I'm the faith that this color exists resides in my eyeballs. Right. And not and, and not taking time to understand the context of those scriptures and those stories that are given to us to be delivered in a light that is uplifting. Yeah. And I think it's hard for some people to believe that if God is so holy, why does he allow bad things to happen to us? That's the number one question. The number if God one is so question. great, why is this? Man, I don't know. I don't I don't know. Shit, I wish I knew. Yeah. I wish I could give you an answer. Yeah, but we, you know, we have talked about that. You know, we have talked about, you know, God, God's going to allow us to go through those things. We have to. It's only we, we learn. have to. Because if God sees it necessary for there's, there's no other way for him to get through to us, he's going to let us sink or learn to swim. Yep. You so, know he how, can, so he can make that change in our life that, you know, needs to be changed or that he wants to happen. You know how to change a flat tire on the side of the highway? I mean, yes. You know, how, how do you know how to change a tire? My dad taught me. You changed the tire. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You understand the concept because I can sit here and explain changing the tire to you all day, but one, yeah. if you don't know what a lug nut is, oh yeah, then you ain't going to know what a lug nut wrench is. That's you true. Know? You have to, but if you take somebody physically out to a car and go, this is your lug nut, this is your lug wrench, yeah. this is your jack, and you and walk wh- them through that process. Yeah, and that's why I, I tell people... I've, you know, I've come to tell people this a lot lately. I can't explain a lot of things to you. Mm-hmm. I don't claim to know the Bible. Right. I, I don't. Yeah. Because I don't. Yep. I'm very honest about that. I don't think any of us do. But what I can tell you is how God has helped me and how he's gotten me to where I'm at today. Yep. And then I can, you know, I can point out some things to you, but I am, you know, I'm no pastor. I'm no teacher. I don't. I don't claim to be anything. Right. 
I am just a lost sinner that's saved by the grace of God. Yeah, but you that got a, is it. But you got a story, and you choose yes. to correlate your story. Absolutely. With I don't that, choose to do anything. That is that is how, that is my story, and that is well, how. No, it's, I'm saying, know, but you, you. I know what you're saying. You choose to use that in that aspect, and you could very well not do that. You know, you could just sit back and not have this podcast and not be right. a part of this and, and tell your point of view and do that. And there's there's times, you know, I know a lot of times, dude, I sound like resentful and things but there's been so many times in my life to where people go you can't explain god in that light you can't say the things that you're saying and how you want to say them and still talk about god even when i didn't know how to say it any other way you know i don't intentionally cuss on this show there was a time in my life where i intentionally did those things right i don't intentionally do it now and it is we went through this in my episode about conviction yeah i do have convictions to say things differently and so i do push for that yeah you know but this is a part of my life this is a part of my transition this is a part of my my journey of where i'm to going and i don't think we should allow anybody to do i don't know if you got 2500 bucks and you want to start a podcast go do it i'm not gonna tell you you can't and you talk about God however you however you want to, right? You know because I believe that God knows my motive, right. God knows my heart, He knows exactly what I am trying to say, and quite frankly, I got better things that I could do than sit in here. I yeah, because I can tell you one family. thing: we ain't making a dime off this podcast. <laughs> no, we're you not. <laughs> this is a, this is literally one of those out of the goodness of His heart. Yeah, that is, I mean, it truly is, is. It truly I mean, is. It's, it's something that we both enjoy. It is, and honestly. I enjoy it because it does challenge me, especially, you know, Casey sent me, you know, hey, these are some scriptures we're going to go through. And I can't tell you how much I enjoyed that because I sat there on the couch and got my Bible out. Right. I went and got all these fancy tabs and went through, okay, he wants to touch on this and that. I need to brush up on that. Yeah. And, you know, went as far as to, you know, go to Google and Bible reference and kind of look up the context behind the scriptures. So I know it exactly what those scriptures mean yeah. instead of just reading the scripture and then yeah. put it in my head hey that's instead, what this scripture instead means of putting to that me. t-shirt on yeah actually, instead of putting the t-shirt yep. on i actually went back and looked at the context of the chapter the verse and everything and then i caught myself and i was like i'm studying right now yeah <laughs> but not only ADHD am i stealing yeah, and studying not only that i'm learning and i'm enjoying it yep because the more I, you know, more I started to read, I was like, man, this is, you know, it actually is actually are good verses. Yeah. And when you look at the context of them, they actually mean a little bit more to you yeah. other than just reading the Bible. Yeah. And it's, you know, I tell uh, people all the time about King David. You know, everybody loves to say that King David was a man after God's own heart. They love saying that. Yeah. Not a lot of people know a lot about King David's life. That's true. He was a piece of junk, dude. Yeah. He did some bad stuff. But, you know, I had somebody reach out one time and uh, about the first episode. Loved it. The, the, the exact thing was loved it. It's just not doctrinally sound. And my response was no shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it ain't going to be because it doesn't follow any kind of doctrine. You know, it's just an opportunity to have a real conversation about what God's done in my life and throw some scripture out there and try to make sense out of it. I'm not claiming to the that best I, of our ability. To the best of our ability. That's what I was just fixed to say. I don't claim to know all the context behind it. Right. And I, I really encourage don't. everybody to go through and if we you know if we have mentioned a scripture, I encourage you to go look at the context and if you feel the need to, I mean I would love to discuss it. Hey, that's, you know, send them send us a message. That's what the message is, do the damn show dot com. Yeah. You can go right there to come straight to us or you can email us at talk to at do the damn show dot com. 
and and throw it out there because that's what this is about. Exactly. This is, this is a community driven opportunity. Exactly. To talk about something that is taboo. You know, yeah. it really is because of all the different interpretations, influences, and information over the years. You know, we all got these things that we want to work through. We're not claiming to be right. No. Not at all. We're not, not claiming to be uh, college-educated theologians. No, you know? absolutely not. We're two guys that talk about a journey with God to find. But uh, I can say this. If, you know, if you are listening and you do have a question, I promise you I can find the answer. Absolutely. And if I can't, I'd probably know somebody that can. Well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm mentioning. Like yeah. I can, you know, I can find somebody that does know and we can, you know, we can share that with you. So we, we touched on it and it's human instinct is to follow somebody. Yes. We have that. We all want to follow somebody. We all want to follow somebody. We all want to be in or love Or have somebody. something to believe in. That's just our, that's the missing void in our counterpart. So I just encourage us to, to be leery of who we're following, <laughs> of yes. what guidance because we do have a tendency to put people on a pedestal, even if they didn't ask for it. Yep. I know a lot of, there's a lot of people who demand to be on a pedestal. I don't agree with those people. No. And I know a lot of people that are put on a pedestal and they never ask for it. And I think we need to understand that everybody that has these conversations, whether it be at your church, whether it be mm-hmm. on this podcast or any other podcast or any other form in which sub- subjects like this are discussed, everybody that does it is human. Yeah. Everybody does it human. We're all human. Everybody has skeletons in their closet. Everybody has issues. Everybody has triumphs. Everybody has victories. But most importantly, everybody has failures. Yes. And that, too, is also in our DNA. Or what we seem to be, what we seem to believe is failure. Yes, what we seem to be, yes. I don't believe in, I don't, and I only say that because I don't believe in failure anymore. That's true. I get that. That goes with the. uh, You only fail if you stop trying. That's right. Exactly. So, yeah, what we deem as a failure is not actually true, not a failure. So we have to be careful with that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying guard your heart to the point that you don't listen to anybody because <laughs> you have to. Yeah. You have to have influence. But if somebody's trying to give you a nice, shiny new pair of black Nikes and offer you some purple Kool-Aid, you might <laughs> want to take a step back. You know, But it all, it all dives into that genuine relationship with God. Right. You know, taking the good that everybody gives you, taking the good that your pastor and your leaders give you, and then beginning to form your own relationship under sound guidance. Right. Whatever you deem as sound guidance. And that's what you just, you just said it best, your, your own relationship. You can't, yeah, I can't have the same relationship with God that, you know, you do in a sense. Yes, we do. Right. But you know what I'm saying? Like you have to have your own relationship with God. You can't tell me how to follow, you know, that's right. I have to, I have my own story. Yep. And that goes into my, my worldviews and I call them worldviews and big man views. Uh, one of them is the world to tell you, just follow Christ. Yeah. Just follow Christ. Right. What does that mean? What does that look like? Yeah. Do you want me to go out and feed 5,000 people with a fish and a half a loaf of bread? Right. Or, you know, I mean, like, what are you telling me? You know, what exactly? We have to begin to dive <laughs> does, into that. Yeah. Does follow Christ mean the guys on the on the corner in the in the city saying, you know, come to church or go to hell? Right. Exactly. Those what, those guys. I think it's uh, on my vest, my my riding vest. I have a thing that says, sure, I love your Jesus. It's his people. It's his following. I have a problem with. Right. You know, it's, <laughs> what version of Christ would you like for me to follow your yeah. version? The other guy's fo- version or, you know, where are we at here? Right. So. The offset of that, what I what I feel like God encourages us to do is dive into that relationship that we've talked about so much. Dive into that relationship with God and ourselves. 
to under, to begin to understand who we are. Because once we can do that, those foundational principles that Christ came and exemplified, yeah. we can actually have tangible evidence of life change for ourselves. Because we do find ourselves with another worldly view. I'm just picking on this one because it's easy for me because I drank for so long. You hear it all the time, don't drink. Well, right. why? Well, it's bad for you. God said it's bad. Don't drink it going to hell. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll argue that all day. But why should I not drink? Oh, you mean there's health, mind, body yeah. issues that can stem from that? <laughs> no one ever, no one ever says that. No one no, ever yeah. breaks it down. Like breaks it down. Why you shouldn't drink? They always just want to go. To, it's bad. Yeah, and nobody ever breaks it down that if anything in moderation is not necessarily that bad for you. You know, like me when I did drink, dude, I drank a whole bunch, whole bunch. Yeah, I didn't realize how it was messing my mind up. That was the first thing that came back to me after I quit. By the way, for my creativity was better and everything, everything right. flowed better. But, you know, explain to me why. Why? Yeah. Why? You know, don't just don't just shortchange it. But, again, that also comes through relationship. We have to have a relationship. And the last point on the worldview and the big man views is tradition equals anything you want it to, to equal. Pea burgers. Family yeah. tradition for us equals Family pea burgers. Family tradition. <laughs> Not everybody's going to eat pea burgers. No. So. <laughs> I actually kind of crave them. Right? I know. See if I even can cook us some. <laughs> The big man view flip side of that, which is also what, you know, again, this it's is things that I think God is telling us. I think it's a simple of look outside tradition and realize that not all your fire trucks are red. It's true. Priceful, black fire trucks. You know, Hartzell, Alabama, has some black fire trucks. But we grew up all of our life knowing fire trucks were what color? Red. What variation of red? We oh, don't know. Fire truck red. Fire truck red. You got bright. I think red it's fire actually trucks. called fire engine red. You've got those. You got the little crimson colored fire trucks. You know, you got all different kind. You go out to the Huntsville International Airport. They got Oshkoshes. The same people make yeah. overalls. Yep. They got neon yellow. I was about to say they have the yellow fire trucks. So just because traditionally a fire truck is red, doesn't mean that it's actually red all the time. Right. It's, but it doesn't change that it's a fire truck. Exactly. Doesn't it change its purpose. So today we discuss colors, man, and I really it's just a point that I wanted to uh, help drive home for us to, you know, take a step back, you know, look at what we're doing, look at the the ways that we're influencing people, and make sure that it's not just a pea burger. I know we've been on some pea burger <laughs> kicker lately, but man, that wasn't even, that was not even that, planned. You no, know, it wasn't even planned, but it's so true, dude. It is so true how that does, and that's another one of those things, you know, just. That tradition stuck because yeah. we just said, hey, yeah. man, I'd like to have some pea burgers. Yeah. You know, but it's just an opportunity to, to dive in, to, to question, not question people. I'm not telling you to go out there and question your pastor. Right. I'm not telling you to go out there and question your daddy. I'm telling you to question yourself. That's what I'm right. encouraging you to do. Read the context. Yeah. Read through the BS and go to the context of it and go, what does this actually mean? Exactly. You know, what is God trying to tell me? So we got some listener supported advice today, and that coming from Jason Such. Over at Such and Such Burgers and Tacos. Again, Jason, thank you for the love and support for the show, man. Jason says, did you know that your DNA comes from a king? Walk with glory and honor as a follower of Christ. Seek God to find and rejoice with the king in heaven. You have royal blood flowing through your bodies. Mm, I love that. I know, man. That was That's a good one, Jason. I appreciate that. So going into that, man, you got some truth juice for us? I do. True juice, true oh, yeah. juice. Hit him, hit him with that jingle. True juice, Mr. Relentless. Yep. yep. <laughs> Still working on that jingle, folks. If you got one, send uh, it in. I'll say this, and this doesn't have anything that we've really talked about today. 
says this, use the weekend to build the life you want instead of trying to escape the life you have. I like that. Read that one more time. Use the weekend to build the life you want instead of trying to escape the life you have. I like that. And I think that can apply to what we've been talking about. Absolutely. You know, build the life that you want. Build that relationship with Christ. That genuine relationship. Keep walking through that. I like that, dude. That is good. I was just having a conversation with somebody earlier today that that would have fit perfect. So I appreciate that. And so here we are. We're at the end of the episode. Wherever you're at in your day-to-day or your week or your month going through your journey, we just want to say thank you for being here. We want to say thanks for sharing your time with us and uh, just kind of leaning in with us. So, As always, everybody, stay relentless. And you can find these mindset journals that I've been getting some of these quotes from. They're available on Amazon. I'm going to drop the link in the bio for you guys. Love you guys. We're out. Yes, I lay here in my deathbed and my journey is to a close. I need the comfort of my kin to light my way. Don't fret for my soul, please, because I found my inner peace. Won't you join me as I tarry on the riverside? What you going to do? What you going to do? What you going to do when the spirit hits you? Hey, now what you going to do? What you going to do? What you going to do? What you going to do when the spirit hits you?